Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What is going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are reporting for duty here on a Sunday night for your Monday morning delivery. Lots to talk about. MMA never fails us. Some good stuff, some bad stuff. And we're going to also talk to Brad Tavares, who I guess you can file under good stuff. He's a good friend of the show. He's got a fight coming up. We'll talk to him about that. I remember Tavares... Uh, as a young cat out of the reality show and I now see him as captain of extreme couture uh you know a veteran of 20 some fights it's really really cool so always looking forward to talking to him we'll be right back to get things started it's the first show of the week let's go goes nope that's because what you don't hear is silence but the silence is deafening we're still about almost a week since the unfortunate incident where dana white struck his wife in a club in cabo san lucas mexico it's been over a week since that took place it's been about less one one day less than a week before we found out about it and not much has changed you you know you understand what i'm saying like there's really not too much to say since we chatted with our audience last wednesday night for their thursday delivery there's there's a couple things but nothing major and that to me is kind of sad very sad um you know this isn't just something small that happened this is the biggest you know a lot of people when you talk about the biggest stars in the ufc of course you're going to point to your conor mcgregor's and your john jones but you have to consider dana white a star a ufc star at least he acts like it right i mean his name is on a lot of stuff he is a star yeah so for them to go quiet it's it's very uh very sad and let's not forget even though Endeavor owns a huge majority of the UFC, the Fertitas and Dana White retained a small percentage. It's not much, but he can be branded or labeled as a co-owner, a minority minority owner, whatever you want to call it. But he still retains a small title of ownership. Small, small title. It's there. In the past, it was Frank Fertitta, Lorenzo Fertitta. They both had like 40 percent 10 percent was flash entertainment the group in abu dhabi mm-hmm. and then that last 10 percent was dana white you know so he was a little bit more of a had more of a stake then now it's endeavor but the fertitas and dana white retained a little piece and so he's that he's the president he's one of their biggest stars like you said he is one of their hardest workers he's one of the biggest reasons for not only the ufc success for success in MMA, don't get it twisted, audience. Dana White's done a lot for the sport. That commands respect. But he did commit a mistake 
and it was a big one. It's one that he's has said in the past, we just don't tolerate that. There's no room for that here. Now, he also said it about eight years ago. And since then, there has been room for people that have committed that act of domestic violence or or violence towards the other gender. And so, in a way, I guess it wasn't a hard stance, but it was a stance, and he said it. But, okay, now a whole week has gone by, plenty of opportunities to hear the first takes of the world, you know, whether it's the daily shows or the weekly shows that usually would cover something like this wall to wall, right? Kyrie Irving has been pointed out as one of the more recent ones that was pretty big. He basically was promoting a, uh, I believe it was a Netflix series or something. And it had to do with the Holocaust. And um, he he really, really got, he, he took a bath in the media. And they came at him pretty hard. Um, that has been like a thousand times worse than what happened to Dana White. People have kind of said their piece and bounced. Mm-hmm. Look, you can almost throw Goz and I in that group. I mean, we've only had one show since then, and we're talking about it now. So you can you can toss us in the in the group of like, okay, look, we didn't spend a whole sixty minute segment on it, right? We want to get our details right. We wanted to see if there would be a chance at a at a comment from him. Well, that was Wednesday's show. There still hasn't been anything. There still hasn't been anything from Endeavor. There still hasn't really been anything from the UFC other than to tell you, hey, check the interview he did with TMZ. Um, nothing from Dana White at all, which is probably good, to be honest. The partners, you know, ESPN, I mentioned first take, they go at athletes hard. Not too much came out of Stephen A. Smith. Molly Karam was with Stephen A. Smith and her being a female part of first take. Uh, 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 she is a, uh, she's not one of the two debaters or, or not one of the debaters or whatever you want to call it, but she's kind of like the master ceremonies. She has a pivotal part, but she's a female and respected, you know, and one who's kind of dabbled in MMA. And she didn't even have much to say. I mean, they really tap danced. And, um, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, you know, it, it it's a little, it's a little more disappointing. Now, look, I'm not calling for his head in the sense that, lifetime banishment or anything like that but i'm just calling for a reaction from the company and let's do it make it the sooner you do it the more i guess you're taking this serious and and that hasn't been done and what that punishment is i don't know but something needs to happen there needs to be a reaction from this company that this will not be tolerated tolerated because these will be the consequences forget about she hit him first forget about um you know, well, basically, that's most of the thing I'm hearing the most, you know, or, or it's their private business. Mm-mm. Um, this is a huge thing, and in, in, uh, we can't have, we can't tolerate this, in my opinion. Um, you might, this might be tolerated in other parts of the world, but in, in our country, we're civilized. We don't strike each other. 
Um, and a man does not strike a woman. And we don't strike animals, and we don't strike kids, and we don't strike seniors. That that just shouldn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. I I still feel like he can come back. And trust me, man, I would welcome him back. Um, I've talked till I'm blue in the face with the examples, but Mike Tyson has come back, and there's been other famous people that have come back from you know Floyd, Floyd Mayweather from either identical to what Dana White did or worse. But in our in our sporting culture, there has been comeback stories, and there can be, and I want one for him if he's truly genuine about the fact that he feels bad for what he did. Otherwise, goes if there isn't, I feel like it's bullshit because if he really cares for his kids, then he would have backed out by by now on his own. And if the company really feels strong the way he said they did and the way they should, is that that code of conduct? I haven't looked at it lately, but I'm gonna. But I guarantee you all those things that they they, they feel pretty strong about that would kind of get you kicked out of the company, this should be right there at the top mm-hmm. or close to the top. So the silence is deafening, man, my man, and I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Um, he said the company can be successful without him. Let it run for a bit. You know, let this company, give this company a shot, this company that you're a, a part owner of, a shot to help itself it heal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Frank Partita and, 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 and Lorenzo Partita, or I should say Lorenzo Partita was a big part of the UFC for a long time. And when they sold, he obviously backed away because that big portion was gone. He went back to Stations Casino. But like I said, there's still part of him there. And I bet you he still feels like this is still kind of his baby. Um, But, you know, like, I don't know. What do, they, what, what do they stand for if they don't stand for, you know, punishment versus an act like domestic violence i think when this all first started our biggest fear was they were going to come out and they were going to say something dumb like we've suspended dana white for for three weeks or something stupid Uh right where we would all go a slap on the wrist are you kidding me but right now it's almost more damaging that they haven't said anything even if they came in and whatever they said was dumb just acknowledging it makes it sound so much better for the company than making it sound like, because if you don't say nothing, then it ain't a big deal. And right. that's, that, that's the message you're sending everyone. If you're not saying exactly. anything, you're saying it's not a big deal. And that's the absolute worst message you could send. And on top of that, it's almost like, uh, like I don't want to, it's almost like you're laughing at it. You know, like, it's just not a big deal. Like, come on. You guys are overreacting. You guys are going to forget about it. Move on. You know, that sort of thing. You can't be coming at us. You know who we are. We're the UFC. We built this company. Like, all that arrogance that you've seen in the past starts to come out. And um, it's just a shame. At this point, I think I'd rather them say something, even if it were dumb, than not say anything at all. And. Why do you think the fans act like such little twats on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter when it comes to this totally sidestepping what he did to his wife? Mm-hmm. Which, remember, his words were, I'm humiliated. I'm embarrassed. This has caused damage to my family. We care for our kids and how hopefully this won't affect him. Dana White himself knows he fucked up. He said it. Why are people in the um, 
in the comments section saying, "Oh, come on, leave it alone." Dana White does. He, he's he's in, in his own words. He's saying some that this is something serious. The only problem is the actions of his company and him, which he's a huge part of, aren't reflecting that. You know, so but he's he's the one saying it. He's the one who said it in 2014 that it, it won't be tolerated, and he's the one that says he is humiliated and he deserves everything that's that's coming at him. You know, and God Almighty, it's like I'm giving you guys the fucking playbook, UFC. All right, I'm not trying to gloss over it or whatever. Yes, a lot of the people are right. It is between him and his wife, and it is between him and his wife and his family, and they will get over it. They have the means, the resources, hopefully the togetherness, the love between them all, all right? But I'm telling you, it just doesn't end until there's something that causes it to end. And most of the times, what works wet best is to just go away. Think about what he could do. He could spend all those millions he has. He could spend time with his wife. He could spend time with his kids. They could all spend time together. He could still watch his company grow and do whatever. I never mentioned selling any stakes or whatever, in case, unless that's what they choose to do and say, hey, look, we're going to pay him whatever he is and that's it or whatever. No, what I'm saying is resign from being the president of the UFC. Go and do everything you said in the video that you wanted to do, and that's you wanted to make this better. This is the way. Mm-hmm. Then you make a comeback. I think it takes about three years. That's my guess. Could be two, could be four, could be ten. I don't know what it could be. But just like Greg Hardy was allowed to fight in the UFC again, and just like John Jones will probably be allowed to fight in the UFC again, or anyone else that's kind of had these types of troubles or something similar or whatever, you will be. You know, but you're the president. And the reason, you know, going back to what I was saying, the reason some of these people just act so terrible is because of the example that they're given from the leader of the sport, the leader of the UFC. If he don't care, then why should the fighters care? If the fighters don't care, you kind of create this culture. And you don't think more of this bullshit's coming? Shit, mm-hmm. there's another story here about some guy in St. George, Utah, Kane Cariazzo. I don't know. I'll get to it in just a second. Well, same thing. Uh, slapped around his significant other, and she went into convulsions or whatever. You're, you're creating this culture. You know what I mean? And and it, it's just so sickening to me, man. It's not that it doesn't happen in other sports, but, God, I was really moved goes by um, by uh, Harville. What's his name? The, the guy Ooh. from Buffalo? Damon Harville. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I, I, Number three from Buffalo. I don't want to mess it up. Hamill, horrible. I think it's horrible. I don't want to mess it up. I'm so moved by what I saw. Love for number three. The donations over seven millions. And if you look at the donations, the names that were coming in, Tom Brady, each team was stepping up. Um, the prayers that were said, like like the compassion that was shown for, for one of their guys and kind of bringing the league together, the bills together, how they were able to figure out, hey, what's the most fair way to let Buffalo and Cincinnati – still continue in their quest for whatever was awarded to them, you know, like as far as higher seeds or home field advantage, but also fair to everyone else that played out. Those are all set. The ranking, the, the, the locations and the times and the playoffs are all set. And here in, in our sport, it's like, we're just kind of like, um, brushing things aside, you know, uh, mm-hmm. kind of sucks, man. Yeah. I mean, to answer your original question, I think people are acting that way because things have just changed. I I think a lot of people are bitter and jaded 
because they've probably had situations in their life where maybe they, you know, this whole cancel culture, like I, I keep hearing that over and over, but bro, I don't know that this is cancel culture. Like you just can't, there's no scenario where this is okay. You know, like there's certain jokes that people tell and they have the argument of, Hey, I'm in a comedy club. Leave me alone. You know, I didn't, I didn't do this at a school as I was doing a speech. I was in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. You can have that type of argument. Here, there is no argument for this. There's nothing. You have no argument. So I wouldn't really call it cancel culture. It's just doing what's right. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people just kind of get bitter sometimes at that type of stuff. But it really, look, all those people that say the stupid things that they say, I promise you, if there was a woman in the room, they'd shut up. They wouldn't make that type of remark in a room with other people in it. They know they're wrong. They know they're stupid. Yeah, and so a, a couple things here. Damar uh, is his first name, and his second name, or sorry, his last name is Hamlin. So that's who I was talking about, Damar, Damar Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills, number three. I thought it was beautiful what the NFL did in regards to all that. They kept showing him from the hospital. It was awesome, right? That That's that. Um, and like I say, Dana White doesn't need you to come to his defense. He's already told us he effed up. He knows it because he's gotten reports from his athletes when they do it. And it guess what? It enrages him. Do you think he uh, you think when someone walks into Dana White's office and says, Hey man, John Jones was arrested after the Hall of Fame incident, there was something that went down with the you think Dana White at any point goes, Well, hold on, hold on a second. Did she piss him off? Did she hit him first? Fuck no, he's livid, man. That's one of his he, he doesn't want to be associated with that. You know what I'm saying? And I was about to say it's one of his big stars. It doesn't matter. It's just one of his people. He doesn't. He wasn't. He doesn't want to be associated because he knows that that's, that's a despicable act. You know what I mean? And here's another thing too. Has anyone ever noticed that when there's a fight at a game or something like that, and two guys go at it, and you know it's like ooh ooh ooh, and then eventually it gets broken up or whatever, and hopefully no one splits their head open. But you know whatever. But have you ever seen when something happens, and all of a sudden somehow a chick wanders into the fight, or maybe she's even the instigator, or maybe whatever it is. But if she kind of jumps in there and that other guy from the other side hits her, have you ever seen what happens usually to that guy that hits her? No. You know what I mean? destroyed by everyone. He's destroyed. And I guarantee you cops probably do everything in their power to, like, not bust the guys that destroyed the guy that struck the woman. Mm -hmm. You know? Now, if something – now, if you were to take take 30 years off me and make me a 23-year-old, and something were to happen where all of a sudden I just go, wow, well, she shouldn't have gotten in there. She shouldn't have hit him or whatever. Maybe it's a generational thing or what. I don't know what could have happened, dude, in these last 20, 30 years that has made this in any way become acceptable. And that's what we need to stop because it's not, man. It is not acceptable in any way. And, mm-hmm. again, I'm pissed off at the silence. When I saw Dustin Poirier and what he said, he was put in a tough spot. Bloody Elbow did an interview with Dustin Poirier. And I think they got the privilege or whatever, the opportunity because of uh, Timex, which is the official sponsor of the UFC and Dustin, and I guess Sean O'Malley are two of the guys um, that have special deals, right? Because I think all the fighters might get a watch, but these guys got something in addition to. And the writer tells him, hey, look, you know, thank you, Dustin, for the time. And um, boy, this is big news. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts. And if you read it, you can tell Dustin's like, Oof, 
fall, man. Like, you know, because he's probably feeling that there's going to be a big spotlight that's going to be on top of him. But in the end goes, he said the words, man. There's just no excuse to put your hands for the win. I was proud of him for saying that. Anything else that he might have stumbled across, took his time. They even said, like, long pause, whatever. You know, I, I think those words just have to come out of your mouth naturally, right? But he said them. Respect to him. Sean O'Malley said something. He's trying to blame it on sarcasm, words out of context or whatever. But he he's tap dancing. He was wrong. Um, I don't know. I I don't know these guys. I don't know if they have sisters or moms or whatever, but I'm telling you the fury, the anger goes through the roof when it involves a woman and watch and see if it ever happens close to your family. What you turn into, you'll turn into a monster to hurt somebody that hurts anyone in your family, but especially a female or a kid or a senior or, or a pet or whatever. Yeah, dude, it's, um, I didn't mind the long pause because it's such an important thing that you want to you want to convey exactly what you mean and you don't want people to twist your words or nothing. So if that takes two minutes to say, or 20 minutes, I don't care, but just make sure when you're done saying what you're going to say, it's what you mean. And that's what he meant. You know, at, at the core of it all, I mean, that's his boss. I get it, but he's not saying anything wrong. And if, if he were to be punished for what he said or whatever, it might suck, but at least he'll know he did the right thing. At least he know by his kids, by his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he said not he said he, the right stuff. Not that Dana White cares or asked us, but I'm asking you, I guess, and I'll answer too. Every day that goes by, do you feel like you are more disappointed and respect him less? Yeah, <laughs> me too. And again, it sucks because I've always kind of liked him. Now, I realize he's probably pissed a lot of people off, but I also came to the realization he had a tough gig, man. You're dealing with that many um, types of personalities from all over the world, the managers, the fighters. We deal with them, too, so we know what a lot of them are like. That is not an easy gig. And when you have a business that's successful and you kind of don't really need them, you only make more money when certain guys are popping like your Rondas and Connors and Brocks and Jones and GSPs, and they come along whenever they come along. But other than that, you still make a ton of money. You know, that's the part that kind of sucks for the fighters. I kind of feel for them in that regard, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I just, I, I thought he did a masterful job for most of these years. Um, I never expected him to be perfect, goes. I really never did. Um, he acts like he is at times, but, um, you know, he, I think when you, I think he knows he's made mistakes. It's just he's a promoter, and he has this way of thinking where he's rarely going to tell you that. He's going to tell you – he's rarely going to tell you, yeah, we goofed that one. But I don't have to name them. You know, right off the top, we're never going to have a women's fight in the UFC, you know, and sure enough, that turned out to be a, a huge hit for him. So, anyway, I just – I don't know. I, I really wish he would have done something by now, said something something by now. The company reacted. Not just him. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like TBS – TBS, how silly is this? Oh my god! They're, they're saying so they 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 made it seem like the show was just not going to happen, and then they just delayed it by a week. So basically, what they're saying is ten times worse because now what they're saying is we understand that this is a terrible thing and horrific timing on whatever we're going to do, but we're we're just going to push it back a little bit. Like that to me sounds even dumber 
Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're they're acknowledging that what happened was wrong and was very bad. However, their consequences aren't that bad. And to top it off, they're doing it for something that really is stupid. That sport is stupid. I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll watch the first three episodes and change my mind, but I think there's a point oh oh one percent chance that'll happen. I watch it and I'm like, I don't think much of it. Um, then there's these two guys that are catching the guy that just got knocked out. He actually just stood there, dude, and took took that. <laughs> Never mind. Don't even get me into it. But yeah, TBS disappointment, ESPN disappointment, um, Endeavor, UFC, Dana White himself. Bravo to Dustin Poirier. Sean O'Malley, if you meant to be sarcastic, well, you did a poor job of it. Um, and then all the commenters, poor job. Super poor job. All the ones that commented and said the right stuff, bravo to you guys. Um, Victoria Lee, I, it's been a really gloomy month when you log on to well, not just Junkie, but any MMA site or Twitter or any social media. But, of course, we log on to to Junkie. And I saw that, and I was like, keep fucking going. Are you serious? This young lady goes, and I had her on the show two times, um, sweetheart. And she comes from a respected family who's accomplished a lot of mixed martial arts. She passed away on December 26th. Her sister posted it on Instagram. Uh, it hasn't been verified. But if you listen to the way her sister said, uh, phrased it, it does sound like maybe self-inflicted. But again, uh, without knowing for certainty, it's hard to say this was the actual cause. So don't hold me to that. I'm just telling you, based off what you read and based off what you've seen, it appears that way. The comments seem to imply that that's what it is, but I don't. Uh, it doesn't. I don't know for a fact that that's what it is. Whatever it is, it's sad though, man, because. She really was a prodigy, bro. At 18, 3-0, about to fight on Amazon Prime for the fourth time, following in the steps of the Atomweight champ and the lightweight and welterweight champ on the men's side. Like, um, you got to believe she's even maybe even more on a fast track, you know, learning from the siblings, being guided and mentored by the siblings. But regardless, just no longer here with us at all. Like, that that's a tragedy, bro, for someone to bounce at that age. 18 years of life is just not enough. Nothing you have you haven't even lived a piece of your life yet. There's so much more beyond all that. And it went away. It's it's really sad and like you said, man, 2023 has been horrible so far. Go away already. And maybe I'm a little twisted up or something. Um I just came back from a viewing for a friend of mine and goes who passed away uh, battling cancer. Fucked cancer up the first time. One. Kept it away for another year or two. Then cancer came back. Cancer's a motherfucker. And so she was 60 years old and we were all sitting there going, but man, she went all in every day. She really enjoyed life. And I'm thinking, all these other people, you know, that didn't get a chance to do that for the different reasons. Um, 
that's sad. Hell, Nana should still be there, man. She was she had so much life in her. I would have wanted to see her live another 20, 30 years. I mean, that shit, that lady was full of life. And cancer mm-hmm. took it away from her. And um, so I'm a little, I guess, feeling jaded because of that. Uh emotional because of that. Seeing the family hurt. That's what Victoria Lee's going family's going through right now. They're gonna have services for her on the twenty second of January in Hawaii. Check out Angela Lee's uh, Instagram account. She seems to be talking about that or on MMA Junkie. Um, the young lady that may have lost her life at the hands of Phil Baroni. These are the allegations. Her family's probably dealing with something like that, you know, and, and uh, Stephen Bonner's wife and son. They're dealing with something like that. It, you know, sometimes, dude, it, it just fucking pisses me off. It's like... Thoughts and prayers, thinking of you, you know, and then we turn the page. Oh, my God, there's another one. Thoughts and prayers of them. But um, are you really telling people you love them? Are you really telling people how much you, they mean to you or sending a text? How you been? How you doing? Um, let's get together. Like, are we all doing that? I don't know. I'm just as guilty. Um, but we all are. it sucks when you go to these and you realize I'm never going to see that person again. You know, mm-hmm. I'm never going to see Nana again and be able to do a Scooby snack at the Mandalay Bay, you know, and have her yell something ridiculous. <laughs> she like to say suck it for some reason. <laughs> like if a team lost, she'd go suck it, Cowboys. <laughs> Real loud, too. Um, but, yeah, like, and, and just, you know, like, it's me and my buddy Jim Larkins were talking about. It. It's like our circle of friends is, you know, it gets less and less. I mean, there's still a lot of us. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, you know, it's just, it's sad. Very. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, um, I may have been a little out of line. I probably should have just posted on Angela Lee's page condolences, but I saw it goes, I was staring at it. I couldn't believe it. And I just texted her and Christian. I have their numbers. And I said, from George and goes from junkie radio. We're so sorry. Like, we're, you know, I was shocked to see this news. She was such a little sweetheart. I don't know what I wrote, but anyway. Um, how about what's happening in Brazil? Did you see that? Dude, what is going on in the world? Yeah. Jose Aldo, I didn't expect that. There's a man named Jair Bolsonaro. I'll say it real quick. He lost to a guy named Lula. That's his nickname. Lula is the left. Jair Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro is the right. Jair Bolsonaro was president up until about a month ago. Lula has taken over. It was a very close um, voting process, so close that they needed to do a revote. So Lula beat him by the first time, but not by enough votes to get the clear presidency. So they did it again. I think they had to actually get rid of a third party, and then Lula still was able to hold off Jair Bolsonaro. And so... Um, Jair's been compared to Trump. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying because he's right, you know, and he kind of has stated that he didn't think the election was fair. That kind of happened. And so right now his party is kind of doing what I guess happened to us January 6th of 2020. We call it the insurrection. They've stormed the presidential palace. They've stormed their versions of Congress. Um, They attacked a, a police officer on a horse beat down the police officer. I'm not sure if he still lived or not and beat down the horse. Like 
I couldn't believe it. Anyway, um, many of the fighters that we all that we cover and cheer for, a lot of them have actually gotten close to Jair Bolsonaro. They support him. And like Goes mentioned, Jose Aldo. I guess he's got a summer home just outside of Orlando, Florida. Jair Bolsonaro's there. Jair Bolsonaro was told, you should probably leave this country because it's not safe for you. And that's where he went to, to Jose Aldo's summer home just outside of Florida, at least according to the report I read on MMA Junkie. Can you believe that? That doesn't that almost sound like I'm pitching you a crazy story on Netflix and you're the guy that can either sign off on it and I'm the crazy writer that came up with that? Yeah, I'm waiting for you to go. And that's what started the zombie apocalypse. Like, it's it literally sounds written. It's it's incredible. And, and the way it affects us is, well, there's a card in Brazil coming up. I know. You know, know. and when things are unstable in a country like that, uh, you never know what can happen. So with that card uh, that's something definitely we have to keep our eyes on we have friends that are traveling to brazil including eric nixon good friend of the show he's going to be going down there to corner brad tavares and um who's the other person why am i blanking is he gay on that one no Ige and no, soriano and Puna are in vegas yeah i'll get it in just a sec i am fried man I couldn't think of the opposite of testosterone today when I was talking to my buddy Jim because I told him I'm feeling emotional. I think I'm full of estrogen. It was estrogen, not testosterone. Um, and I couldn't remember a buddy of mine that I've known forever. One of my one of uh, my friends that, that I saw and I was in the uncomfortable position goes where dad was standing next to me. He came up. We did the NBA hug. Yeah, man, it's terrible. It's terrible. You know, and then there's that pause because dad's standing right there. So it's really on me to go, oh, hey, Mike, this is my pops, man. Dad, this is Mike Doan. That's his name, Mike Doan, right? And I just kind of looked at him and said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, at that point, it's up to him, it, man code, it's up to him to go, hey, George is rude, isn't he? Hi, I'm Mike Doan. And then my dad goes, oh, hi, I'm Mr. Garcia or George or whatever. And then I go, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, my dad, dad, Mike, you know. <laughs> but I bet you there's a chance Mike may not have remembered my name. I haven't seen him in a while. So there was a lot of that, like, you know, like seeing people waving, head nodding. And, and yeah, my... My mind is all messed up. I'll get you that other fighter's name. Look, speaking of Brad Tavares, he's ready to go. Let's get to Brad Tavares. He's got that big fight coming up at UFC 283. And while I'm talking about it, UFC 283 takes place on January 21st. And at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Goes and I will be doing a watch-along for prelim fights and fight fights on the main card. Let's talk to Brad about his journey to Brazil. What is going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back talking to one of our favorites here on Junkie Radio. He's the captain of the Extreme Couture team. Been doing this for a minute. He battles Gregory Rodriguez in his next fight. It's coming up at UFC 283 in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. What's up, Brad? How are you? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, always a pleasure. Uh, You're a couple weeks out, you were telling us, and this is the part where you push the body its furthest, right? Uh, Because the last few weeks, you kind of taper down concentrate on the weight so i imagine right now you're getting pushed uh for me i would say yeah the last two weeks is like just push yourself to see like you know like it gives you that it's that measuring stick of where am i um physically uh and cardio wise you know so these last two weeks are always like a grind for me um and towards the tail end of next week you know things will start slowing down and tapering 
as I started approaching the week out from the fight. Um, so right now it's full bore. You know, we're, we're hitting everything hard, um, doing everything that we should be doing. But, uh, yeah, camp's been going well. Weight's good. So uh, I got no complaints. Brad, let me ask you a question that might be a little difficult to take right away, right off the bat here. But, you yeah. know, if you look back at, at a couple of opponents, um, I'm going to talk about a win and I'm going to talk about a loss. Antonio Carlos Jr., you know, you kind of send him packing. You beat him. Then he goes to PFL, has a great season, gets that million-dollar check. You know, yep. I'm sure you watch that and think, wow, you know, good for him probably. I mean, nobody's trying to hate on anyone else's career, but still – just uh, good fortune, right? And then a guy, Dr Drikas Duplessis, who you were very competitive with uh, in his fight. And since then, he's already had one other one and defeated, you know, Darren Till on a yep. high platform. Do you, um, do, do those sit with you? You know, those moments, just knowing, obviously, you know, obviously you want to be cashing those big checks and winning those fights and progressing forward. So does, do you carry that with you? Or are you able to compartmentalize Fight to fight. Uh, you know what? I I don't I don't dwell on on those type of things. Um, I'm happy for Shoe Face. You know, I cracked a joke with him. He came over to Couture's to train with us, and uh, first thing I saw him, I was like, "Hey, buddy, where's my commission?" You know, uh, I'll take my ten percent now. Um, and then almost happened with Omari too. You know, I I fought Omari. Omari yeah. went over to the PFL and made it to the finals. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy for those guys though. You know, that's, that's the path that they were put on. That's their journey. And that's where it led them. Um, and yeah. this is where it leads me. Um, as far as Drakis goes, uh, you know, that was, that was one of those fights. Like after the first round, I was like, dude, I, I, I seen everything that he has to offer. Hey, I felt his, his strength, both his like physical strength on, on trying to wrestle and, and his punching power. Um, I seen his speed, everything that he had, you know, and, and I felt like I had an answer for it. And, and it came out in that second round. And, you know, it's the fight game. He did what he needed to do. Um, ultimately ended up opening a cut above my eye that really messed with my vision. Again, no excuses. These are not excuses from me. Um, this is the fight game and these things happen in fights. Uh, and that's, that's the type of things that you, you know, train for and, um, on both sides, you know, um, but. Yeah, he cut open that. He, he got that cut on my eye, which started affecting my my vision. Um, and then the thing that was like the icing on on the cake, the cherry on top, was uh, hit me with a knee that ended up breaking my nose, and then that just shut my breathing down. Um, and and my I feel like my cardio just like took a big hit. Um, but you know, got through the fight. Um, he got his hand raised. You know, congrats to him. Um, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, again, I dominated him in that first round. Um, and it's not like he came back to dominate me, you know, like some things happen again, no excuses. That's a fight game. These things happen. But, uh, I know that's a fight that if I do get it back, I know exactly how that fight will go. You know, I know exactly the, the things that I need to do to make sure what led to him winning that fight does not happen again. So um yeah it's it's not something that you know that bothers me um like i said everybody's journey is different i've been doing this a long time and i learned that a long time ago you know you got guys that come in like like a john jones or a khabib you know and they're they're one-offs you know that's their journey and you got a guy like michael bisping you know been at the top almost his whole career and 
finally captures that belt towards the end of it. So everybody's journey is different. Yeah, no doubt. And then you're right. I forgot about Okmari. Uh, also, you know, kind of in the, the same realm that we spoke about. And guess what? Now you have a chance to derail Gregory Rodriguez. He's got some hype. He's got a streak. You're going into his home country. How good does that feel? Uh, you know, all the pressure of Vegas. I know you're close to your daughter. I think we may have almost seen her here a second ago. Somebody was up close to her. Yeah, yeah. And, but now you're, you're, you're a road game. So I don't know. I don't know if family's traveling with you or if this is a business trip or what. Nah, business trip. Business how does trip. how does it feel to know that you know now there's a different type of setting and uh, you know there's a there's a way where you can take take him out and get back to you know progressing like you were. You know what? So I was like, hold on, daddy's doing something. So at the end of the day, a, a fight's a fight, and for me, I don't really look into what he got going on and what streets he's on and, and all of that, you know, I got, I know one thing about him. He's a tough dude. Um, you see that in his fights, he gets, he's get, he gets hurt. He gets rocked, whatever it may be. People think they got him. They got the fight one and no, he puts their lights out, you know, so dangerous, super dangerous guy, super tough guy. As far as going into his home country and fighting him, you know, on, on his home, home soil, it's nothing new to me. Um, Previously in my career, I feel like I went on a streak where I fought everybody in their hometown. You know, I, I went to Japan and fought Ricky Fukuda. I went to England and fought Tom Watson. Um, I went down to Florida to fight Yo Romero. Granted, he's from Cuba, but that's his, you know, his new hometown is Florida. So he had a big fan base there. So this is nothing new to me. Um, I've done it before. Um, I'm sure th this ain't the first and I'm sure this won't be the last time. So uh, it's just another fight, different country, you know, different opponent, but just another fight for me. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of those fights you mentioned, you were definitely successful. So would you say that uh, you thrive on it? You thrive on that situation? And and could it, could some of it have to do with um, the setting, I guess? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm pretty good about, like uh, – Regardless, if, if, if it's somewhere, like if I'm fighting in Vegas, you know, and this is my hometown and I got the crowd or whatever versus the opposite where I'm going to their hometown and they have the yeah. crowd. Like I, I, I'm pretty good at, you know, not letting, regardless of what way it goes, not letting it get to me, you know. Like at the end of the day, I got to worry about this huge Brazilian dude who wants to take my head off. Um, so I got my hands full just, you know, worrying about my opponent rather than worrying about you know everything else um one thing i will say though is that i remember when i fought oh, it was just recently i think it was omari when i fought omari we were just coming out of covid and the pandemic and and the, and the shutdown and all of that um and granted my fight before that against Shoeface was in front of a smaller crowd um out in abu dhabi they allowed a, like limited um, oh, attendance no um but, but uh, yeah, so when I fought Omari, I remember walking out there for that weigh-ins and just the crowd, you know, celebrating and, and just, you know, it, it was a good crowd. I think it was a McGregor card, so it was packed in there. And I did feed off of that energy, you know, so I do like the energy of having the crowd there, but it, it doesn't matter to me really who they're cheering for. The energy is the energy. It's there. You can tap into it. 
season 11 is about 12 years old now, you know, and uh, well, you know what? No, we actually technically we filmed January of 2010. So we're like 13 years old now. Oh yeah. 13 years old Mm -hmm. now. Exactly. Keep forgetting we're in 2023. Um, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel in terms of, Probably when you were filming the show, you thought, okay, I got to get better here, get better there. I need to do this, do that, round out my game. Do you feel like you've done that? You're still doing it? Where are you when you're in when we talk about a fighter's prime? I, you know what? As far, I've always said this. I feel like when you stop, when you stop, when you think that you have nothing left to learn, you will never, like, at that point, you're done. You know, like, I still feel like there's so much more that I can learn and grow and, and add to my game. I remember being an ultimate fighter and I wasn't even worried about getting better here or sh- sharpening this there. The, the first thing I was worried about is, okay, I'm going to have to make weight like every week, which back then I walked around way smaller. It was in the ultimate fighter from those guys from that team, you know, that I actually like learned how to cut weight. It wasn't until after the ultimate fighter, my first fight against um, on the finale against Seth, where I really actually like cut solid water weight. Um, prior to that, it was all dieting and maybe sweating out, maybe five pounds if that. Um, but yeah, that, that was still a concern. You know, I had to make weight pretty much on a weekly basis. And then the other thing was like I didn't know anything. Like it was very apparent to me when I got into the Ultimate Fighter that all of these guys pretty much maybe not on a personal level knew each other but they knew of each other they were familiar with who this person was what type of fighter they were where they're fighting out of that type of deal i had no clue who any of these guys were and to be honest no they didn't have a clue who i was but the only thing that i could think about was i gotta win every fight you know and and, and getting to the end um and getting to the ufc um so it wasn't even about like thinking like oh i gotta get this better that better now, after the fact, you know, I learned along the way, um, yeah, you got to, like, okay, I'm a striker. I got to get my wrestling on, on point, at least my defensive wrestling um, and and that type of thing because everybody's going to try and take me down. Um, but, yeah, I, I still feel like to this day I'm still learning and growing. I still, I'm still, you know, adding things or, or tweaking things, making them better. Um, and I think when I get to the point where I'm like, you know what, I learned everything, which I don't think I'll ever get to that point. But if I do hit that point sometime soon, I'll know then that, all right, I'm done. Like, I got to keep learning, growing, and evolving because that's where the sport is going, you know? Hey, Brad, so you're a part of a gym that has great fighters, um, great former fighters and coaches, a wealth of knowledge. But outside of those people, is there anybody in particular that you lean on for advice or pointers? Anybody kind of outside of, of that fight spear? Yeah, oh, okay. So just outside of our gym, I would say, I don't know if he's outside of fight spear because he's heavily involved, but Ali, Ali, my manager, Ali, um, I, I lean on him a lot. Um, ask him, you know, his advice, his thoughts. And he's actually, I mean, you guys know this. He's actually very, very intelligent when it comes to the fight game and kind of the way he views things and and how he sees it you know maybe it's because he views it as a business or whatever um the only other person is would be 
my 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 best friend, my brother Devin. Um, you know, like he's one person that when fights come up or things come up, I'll always run it by him and ask him. Um, you know, is that's kind of how I got started in this game. You know, he and I used to go home every day after school and put on boxing gloves that we stole from champs <laughs> and try to beat the shit out of each other. Um, <laughs> and it was me beating him up more than he beat me up. But yeah, so, you know, like I've always asked his advice and whatnot, and, and I still do to this day. Um, he's, the, he's the other guy you always see in my corner alongside uh, Ray and Eric. Um, so yeah, I would say those, those, those two people, um, and then another one, Brandon Wolf, you know, my old, my old coach, you know, like if it wasn't for that guy, I literally wouldn't be where I am today. So I still always will pick his brain and get his thoughts. And he's such a different thinker, you know, like, so like old school and just thinks of things differently. So I like to get his take on things. Hey, so Brad, I know you're a gamer, and sometimes, and tell me if you can relate, you'll have an off night gaming, right? Where just things yep. aren't clicking. Um, what's that mentality like? Can you ever compare that to fighting in real life, where you have a bad day in the gym and you try and search for answers? I know in, in you know video gaming, you know, sometimes you'll get as desperate as like YouTube and and try and figure out like what am I doing? Can you? equate those two frustrations are they close at all oh 100 percent. i feel like in anything you do you'll you'll have an off day um nobody's perfect all the time and again i've been doing this for a while now and i've learned to uh i've learned to know that these off days do come and it doesn't define where you are in in training or in camp or or any of that no matter what, you could be in the greatest shape, but for whatever reason, whatever you ate or didn't eat enough of along with, you know, it's like the perfect storm. Maybe I did, didn't did sleep enough mixed with, I didn't get enough recovery here or there, and I didn't get enough nutrition. And at the end of the day, that equation leads to shitty day, shitty training, and that thing's not going your way. Um so yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I've been doing this so long that I know that those days come. So when they do come, I kind of just like pull myself back. I remind myself that you know these days do come, and, and I shake it off and I return to training the next day or or the next session. Say it's so a Tuesday, and it was sparring, and I and I didn't like how things went, you know. So I'll on Thursday I'll try to Wednesday night I'll try to make sure I get ample rest. I'll try to make sure that. I got everything I needed nutritionally um, so that I have no excuses. And then come Thursday, I'll try to fix all those things that I felt like went wrong or get those rounds back that I felt I lost maybe. Um, and and that's kind of how I deal with those things. Um, and I think that it's funny. I just recently, like, hope you don't mind me sharing this, but Puna, um, a couple of weeks ago, he had a day like that. And it, it just, like, I could see it. It really frustrated him. He was, like, super frustrated. Like, he didn't understand why. Like, he's like, I'm in great shape, this and that. Like, why do I feel so, like, why did I do so, like, shitty today, you know, like, or to his standard. And, and me, Ray, Eric, we kind of just, you know, pulled him aside. And, like, you know, he's young in the fight game. And just, re and just told him the things that I just said. Like, bro, I get those days all the time. 
you know, like you, you got to just shake it off, come back stronger. And and I believe when I asked him the next day, he did. He got a good, nice rest. He ate and he felt great the next day. And, you know, he's like, thanks for, you know, like reminding him or telling him of that so that now going forward, he can remind himself that we get these days. We actually did bring up the middleweight division over at Extreme Couture between yourself, Chris Curtis, Sean Strickland, Puna Soriano, uh, even Edmund Shabazian's come over as of late. Yeah. I'm probably leaving out one or two more, but uh, I'm sure iron sharpens iron. That's like the epitome of it right there. These are all top guys. Yeah, yeah. We got, you know, what's funny is that when I first came over, there was a load of guys at XC in all different weight classes, and that only lasted for a little while. And then it was, I was like, by myself it was either the next closest guys were seven years it was martin jay um and then there was guys bigger than me forrest and Vinny, and all these bigger you know they're either smaller or bigger there wasn't a lot of a whole lot of 85ers around um and now you come into xc and i feel like the 85ers are one of the most dominant divisions on the mats um we have a bunch of us like all the guys you named chris curtis sean strickland puna soriano um edmund shabazian's there albert albert is there um and yeah i'm sure i'm leaving like you said i'm sure i'm leaving excuse me some people out as well but we're deep at 85 at couture's which i love it's great <clears throat> it is iron sharpens iron you know we have a great team to push you different looks different styles so it's great. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate now. Yeah. Um, you know, you brought up Brandon Wolf. I think I've mentioned this to you before. I saw him fight in 2006 in Hawaii. And we're in 2023 now. Like, that was 17 years ago. I'm wondering if you may have been at the same card as I was. But it had Frank Trigg, Anderson Silva, Yushin Okami, Jake Shields. Do you remember a rumble Ooh. on the rock tournament with those guys? I do, I do. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think I was there. I wanna say I was still in two thousand six, I think I was still I might have still been living on the big island. Oh, okay. Um yeah, I hadn't moved to Oahu yet. I moved to Oahu in two thousand like maybe like ending of two thousand six, early two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. No, actually maybe I no, I think I was there in two thousand six. But I don't think I, I remember that tournament, but mm-hmm. I don't think I was there for it. Yeah, it was at yeah, the Ramona uh, Rock, and it was a who's who. Yeah, I left out Carlos Condit. He faced Jake Shields in the final. Yep. Jake Shields had to fight two times, 15 minutes each. That's 30 minutes of fighting, which, as you know, the most we see is 25 minutes. Uh, yep. But he went the distance with Yushin and with Carlos. He's the one that won the tournament. Anderson had gotten yep. disqualified earlier in the tournament. But in that same card, so Brandon got a nice win. He looked really good. Um, that same card had Cabbage Correa against Butterbean. Butterbean could only be on the floor for 15 seconds, and then Cabbage would have to let him uh, back up. In fact, I think Cabbage Correa may have broken his forearm before the fight started, and they almost canceled it. But he shook it off or somehow played it off. But I think he had a broken bone in his forearm and came out, still fought. So those were the days, you know what I mean? Those were the days. Those were the highest of the highs of Hawaii MMA. Like those, like those. I I feel like those, like even though we've had some great fighters out of Hawaii and like like you know like Max, we've had a champion. Um, but still, those those were the days. 
And even Max was around back then. He was like this young kid fighting kickboxing fights. I remember him. Mm. I remember him before he even got to the UFC, you know. And um, I, he was a he was a kickboxer. And I remember talking to him when I was in the UFC, and he was trying to work his way up. Um, and I remember the fight with Max that really like impressed me was when he fought Harris Sarmiento because Harris is a tough dude. It was a five round fight. Um, and man, Max, like Max looked like Max, like just crazy output, unreal cardio, you know, and he, he wasn't even as good. He, he looked great then, but he wasn't even as good as he is now, you know? So crazy to think about that. For sure. Well, listen, I know the family's in the back. Go spend some time with them. Thanks as always for your time here on Junkie Radio. And we definitely look forward to the fight. UFC 27, uh, 283, excuse me, goes and I'll be doing a watch along. So we'll be wearing our emotions on our sleeves. The audience knows we're not always the most objective MMA media members. We love you guys at Extreme Couture. So uh, safe travels, safe weight cut, and do your thing, man, on January 21st. Thank you. And hey, let me, I, you know, early on in, when we first started, you're like, you know, you said something about, oh, I hate to ask this or uh, I don't know how you worded it. Bro, I thought you were going to start talking shit about the Niners and the Raiders. I was <laughs> oh, there we go. No, but then it was about all of a sudden, one of these days I'm at Extreme Couture and you're going to ask me if I want to see your truck or something. I'm going to take a leg <laughs> for my trouble. at you. Bro, yeah, hey, guys, I got a funny. I got, I got a funny story. I got a funny story for you guys. I, I'm not. You probably never get any fighting stories, like street fighting stories, out of me anymore. Like ever since becoming a father, I gotta worry about not being home at night. But uh, so last week Sunday, we go to the Niners game. Um, where this is New Year's Day, or this past Sunday, I should say, right? This is New Year's Day, so everybody's tired. We're up, whatever. I, I'm not drinking or anything, but everybody else around me is. Uh, so anyway, right before we go into the game, one of our friends that we tailgate with, she goes, oh, no, I forgot to unlist my tickets, and they just sold for 900 bucks each. Um, granted, her tickets probably cost her 150 each, so huge markup. So one of my other friends, he goes, ah, let's try to sell ours and see what happens. So he listed his, uh, and they're, like, in the same section. Boom, instantly, he sells his for 900 each. So I was like, frick, I'll sell my tickets, this and that. So they're asking me, or my girl asked me, she's like, how much How much would you not go to this game for? I was like, fuck, 1000 bucks each. I'll watch them on TV. And then, so she's like, she's like, oh, list it then. She's like, you should list it for 2000 though. I was like, nah, there's no way this is going to sell. I'm granted, mind you, this is 1 p.m. The game, the kickoff is at 125. We're trying to make our way into the, into the game from the parking lot. We're in the tailgate. So I listed at first for twelve hundred. She's like, "No, that's crazy. You should list it at least fifteen hundred. I was like, "Sure, okay." So I listed for fifteen hundred. We're walking in, you know. We get through security. I go to like, I, and I'm thinking, "There's no way in hell." I go to freaking count, like, get my tickets out and like cancel it. Fucking shit sold. I'm like, "No." So I sold for fifteen hundred each ticket. Nice. But then I'm like, instantly, my gut, I'm like, no, I wanted to be at this game, you know. So then we spend the whole almost first half outside trying to like, because a lot of times what happens is once the, once the kickoff starts, um, the tickets will drop. People are like, they can't go. They just drop their tickets. Like even, They'll even take a loss. Like say 
uh, somebody's ticket season ticket cost to them is like three fifty. They'll drop it to like 300 250 whatever. They're just trying to get some money back instead of taking zero dollars because they're not going to go regardless. So I was like, ah, we can count on that. But I'm an idiot. When I was looking at it, I didn't realize the whole stadium was pretty much sold out. Like I probably could have sold my tickets for like three grand a piece. Mm-hmm. Instead, I took a measly 1500 <laughs> hey, a, a lot more than your friends did, and you kind of saved yourself that heartache at the end. But look, it was a yeah, great game. That. It was, was a great game. Um, both of our teams have young quarterbacks that show some promise. Although Mike, I, I, I thought, I thought, th- I thought that sucked what happened to Carr. But you know, that's a whole other topic. Oh uh, yeah, bro, your guys' offense, like, like I feel like the Niners came out of nowhere. Like you guys' defense was was already good, but you guys' offense, dude, is like so explosive, man. Like so much weapons. Ayuk, yeah. Debo, Christian McCaffrey, like. Kittle, you check like you guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they got, they, got some, they got they got a squad, but we did have to suffer through two uh quarterbacks that went down. But anyway, um, two bums. We get together. Like What's that? I said I, I said two bums. I like Brock Purdy better. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I've been telling, Bro, like I've been telling people, he's pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> Bro, if McDummy picks up Garoppolo, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> hey, I'm he wins. Be so mad. Believe it or not, he wins. He just can't make it through 16 games or 17 now. But nah, I don't. I I rather have Stidham. I rather have Stidham than Garoppolo. You guys keep Garoppolo over there. He could be your guys' third string. All right, brother. Thanks for the time. We'll talk All to right, you guys. Soon. Did you get off easy, go? Should I have a? Uh... Reminded him a little bit more about that Raiders 49ers game. <laughs> he's he's pretty good sport about that that type of stuff. Uh I guess you have to be, man, when you're a Raiders fan, but he uh he'll he'll take his medicine. But what he's I like is he never stops. Him. He's always on the aggressive. Yeah, he was kind of bracing himself like he knew it was coming. Um I guess I wasn't thinking about it. I was just happy for him, you know. Um Cody Stamen, by the way, is the other extreme couture fighter. That's traveling up there. But yeah, uh, tying it into what we said about Bolsonaro, man, our best to the people in Brazil that they can figure all this out and that hopefully there is a safe opportunity for these fighters to compete and for the show to take place. It's not like before where they would go to Brazil five, seven times a year. These shows are a little bit rare nowadays, you know? Don't goof it up. I would I, I, I just wonder if it if it could be in jeopardy if this thing gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be. You never know. Yeah, and folks, that's the card that's headlined by Jamal Hill and Glover Teixeira, who are fighting for the UFC vacant light heavyweight championship. Uh, the co-main event, Davis and Figueroa defends his UFC light, sorry, flyweight championship versus Brandon Marino. Again, January 21st, Goes and I, watch along. We're back at it again, along with our friends over at Typical Sports and Panda. Ooh, that panda. You seen that panda? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, oh, sorry. Kane Carrizosa was arrested for allegedly beating a woman into convulsion. It's on the front page of M- of MMA Junkie. I just don't have the heart or the stomach to get into it. It happened in Southern Utah, which is where Goes and I were a few months ago. Um, but and that seemed like such a nice, friendly town. But uh, yeah, 
just just I just don't want to get into it. You want to get into Habib? He might step away. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's just done with MMA altogether. Like I don't, I don't really understand that. Um, it seems like it's such a big part of his life, mm-hmm. and he seems to be incredibly good at it, uh, no matter what he does. Uh, but to kind of have that that one eighty all of a sudden is very very strange to me. Yeah, and we don't know as of now if he's going to still corner Islam Makashev or not at UFC 284 in Perth, Australia in in February. That's still not known, but it does appear that, that he wants to step away from his coaching role and concentrate on his family. And usually we go, good for you, Habib. But it seemed like he was just getting that part going, and he did so well, him and Javier Mendez, you know, garnering a lot of co-coaches of the year or or just Habib or whatever or just acknowledgments from them being nom- nominated. I'm, I'm talking about, like, if you look at the whole MMA landscape, they got a lot of love, right? Um, so it looked like he was just kind of getting started. But on the other hand, he does seem to be away a lot because he gets pulled in many directions. And for him to say, no, nah, man, I want to spend time with family, fucking take your hat off to that. I have to imagine to be as good as he was, you probably have to sacrifice a lot in your life. You know, there are no trips to Disneyland and to Vegas in between fights. That camp didn't seem to really do much of anything other than wrestle and concentrate on fighting. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's just got a lot of time to make up for, you know? Perhaps. Yeah. Um, I think he'll break away from the sport, but I think he'll eventually come back. I think it's in his blood somehow. Not to fight, but to coach. Uh, Or maybe he'll be the president of an organization um, on a full-time basis. He's got that Eagle FC, obviously. Uh, But this sounds like to me he just needs a break and he's going to stay home. So we wish him the best. Let's get out of here. Thank you so much for all of you tuning in. Hope you didn't mind my soapbox a little bit earlier. If you disagree with my stance, hey, that's cool. I'm still down with you. Um, no, I'm not down with you. <laughs> if you think hitting a man, or hitting a woman is is to be tolerated, I'm not down with you, man. I'm sorry. Um, if you think it's their private business, I do agree with you, and they are going to solve it. But if you don't see my stance on, I just think it's the best for the company and for him. I hope you kind of understand where I'm coming from with that. Um, I've seen this playbook. I've seen this play out before, and it seems like this is usually the best for all parties. And that includes me rooting for Dana White to make a comeback if he's genuine about his comments. There you go. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day, folks. We'll see you all on the Thursday show. Keep it locked on MMA Junkie throughout the week. Don't forget about our watch along on January 21st. And every Monday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, spinning back quick. Check that out. Go out and be a champion. We'll see you soon.